Welcome to the Real Truth Matters podcast. I'm Dan Harder, your host. The RTM podcast is all about showing you how to live in biblical spirituality, demonstrating where the Bible and real life intersect. And now, here's Real Truth Matters founder and director, Michael Durham. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Before we can discuss how to maintain fellowship with God, we must first talk about how to have such fellowship. Many Christians simply don't know how to really experience intimacy with God. They know they should read their Bibles and pray, but beyond that, they couldn't tell you how to have communion with the Lord. And that's our focus right now on the Real Truth Matters podcast. In our last podcast, we tried to define biblical fellowship with God. We said it was the acknowledgement of God's presence and interaction with Him, being united with Him for a common purpose. This fellowship can take place on two levels. The first level is not discernible by conscious awareness. There is true fellowship with the Lord that just simply is not felt. It's having in the heart affection for Christ that places a premium on Him. It's to agree with God about the value of His Son. It's to hold at the core of your person this same appreciation of the Lord Jesus that the Father has for Him. It's to have this in common with God. Now, friend, you don't have to feel that in order to have this in common with Him. You need not experience some ecstasy to have this agreement, this union or sameness. It is true fellowship because it's a real bond of hearts. For example, the desire for fellowship and interaction with God is a fellowship with Him. It's not experiential communion, but nonetheless, the very aching of the heart for God is something God produces. It's a manifestation of Him. Now, most think that the longing for God is a sign of the absence of God. We ache for something we do not have. But in the case of the desire for God, such desire is His activity in you. And it's the same desire He has for us. It's He that creates such longing in the heart. My friend, if you truly desire God, then God is at work in you. And it's this that we hold in common with God. So if you are hungry and thirsty for God, then you are experiencing God, even though it, it's not felt. And if you're experiencing God, then you're having fellowship. But how can we have intimacy with God that is felt, is known, and experienced? That's the question every Christian heart has. If you and I are to have this closeness and familiarity with God, then we need authenticity with God. If fellowship with God is to be real, you need to be real with God. You need to practice a transparency that is childlike because that's what we are, the children of God. Most of us at some time or another have tried to impress the Lord with our spirituality. Perhaps it manifested itself with a vocabulary and prayer not native to our own tongues. Or we could have tried to impress God by acting courageously in difficulty when, in fact, we were scared stiff. Maybe we thought we could persuade the Lord that our faith was strong and thus 
earn an answer to prayer, but no matter how hard we try or how we try, trying to make the Lord believe you are more spiritual than you are is simply disingenuous. It isn't who you are, and it hinders fellowship. It's really comical that we think we could persuade the Lord that we are better than we are. Did we forget that He sees everything, knows everything, and understands everything? How dare we think we could pull the proverbial wool over God's eyes? Surely the Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows everything there is about you, and He always has. He knows beforehand when you will obey and when you will disobey, and He knows why you obey or disobey. Many times we don't even know the motive of our own hearts, but He always knows because He's always known. The Lord realizes when you're being who you really are and when you're not, so don't you think it makes sense to be genuine and honest with God since He can see through you? The only person you fooled is yourself, and yes, we can mislead others, but there is no deceiving God. Therefore, honesty with God is essential to fellowship with Him since He knows if you're being real or not. One of the reasons we often try to impress the Lord is because we still doubt the goodness of God. We're skeptical, if not cynical, that the Lord would answer our prayers, much less love us, if we really expressed what was in our hearts. Our views and thoughts about our Heavenly Father must change and align with Scripture. He is not a severe and harsh taskmaster. He is as He's described in Psalm 103, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He's not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He is so loving that He willingly and not begrudgingly forgives us of all our sins. He's not quick-tempered, but slow to anger, which I interpret to mean a form of displeasure, not a loss of temper as we often define anger. His mercy is unlimited towards His children. And speaking of children... He's more compassionate to us than all of our earthly fathers combined were compassionate. Our Father knows our every frailty and fault. He's very well aware of our weaknesses. He knows that all we can produce apart from Him is failure. Therefore, when we fail, we don't surprise or disappoint Him. You can't disappoint someone who has no expectation of you other than failure. Oh, yes, yes, we can grieve Him. Displease Him, yes, and give Him reason for sorrow, absolutely. But that comes when we're not willing to be honest with ourselves about what's true about us. He knows the truth about us. It's we who do not believe the truth about us. We are dust and our frame is flawed, feeble, and frail. 
All he truly wants is that we are honest about our deficiencies, defects, and depravities. This is the kind of transparency that true fellowship requires. The reason we do not believe the truth about ourselves is because we do not believe the truth about him. If we truly trusted what I'm saying is true about God, then we'd be much quicker to admit our desperate state in need of him. I think we'd be much more honest and willing to be like a little child before him, admitting our weaknesses, depending upon his might. But we don't believe he's as good and gracious as he is revealed in Scripture. We think he's austere and hard, severe and surly. To put it bluntly, sir, we don't think of God as being friendly. And it's for this reason we try to bluff our way into his presence and prayer. We finagle and position ourselves to be more than we are so that we may impress this strict and stern deity. But it's all built on lies. It's a dishonest pile of rubble that leads to antipathy rather than solidarity. Suppose... I always tried to make my wife think I was stronger, smarter, and more successful than I really was. Of course, you would say I was building my marriage on lies and deception, and you'd be right. And what do you think my wife would feel if she should find out about my lies concerning my sufficiency and all my efforts to conceal my weaknesses from her? Do you think she would be wounded, thinking I couldn't trust her with the truth? I know she would, and she'd be right to feel that way. In my illustration, the only difference between my wife and the Lord is that he does. He does know all my weaknesses. As stated earlier, he knows all there is to know about me, and he knows more about me than I do. Therefore, how do you think he feels and thinks about our lack of realness and genuineness with him? Certainly, he is grieved by our poor performance of spirituality. For fellowship to have an opportunity to flourish, just be who you are, meaning be honest before the Lord. If you're fearful, admit it to him. He already knows it. If your faith is struggling, then just share it with him. Since he already knows it, confess your weak faith and ask him to strengthen it. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He himself will infuse it with the truth needed that will cause it to grow. But if you don't confess it and you try to fake your way through, then your faith will continue to fail and fellowship with God will suffer. I remember a few years ago when I was in a crisis of faith. My wife and I moved here to Texas believing that God had led us here. When we left the pastorate to be a full-time evangelist, Karen and I, after much prayer, chose to live by faith. We would not tell anyone our needs, but only pray and tell the Lord. And we agreed to never ask for money nor make any appeals for such. This has been our practice to this very day. A couple of weeks after our move to Texas, our funds were almost depleted. At the time, I didn't have many meetings scheduled, so... Our income was not equal with the demands. There had been those who had expressed their doubts about this venture and wondered why I would leave a successful pastorate for such uncertainty. 
On this particular morning, I awoke filled with fear. It grew during the day so that by evening I was so broken by the anxiety. How would we survive? What if I couldn't meet our financial obligations? Thoughts of failure just simply bombarded my mind. All I could think of was what happens if nothing comes in. Not only will I be embarrassed, but the shame and reproach I will have brought upon the Lord. I remembered all the negative comments of others. They flooded my thoughts and seized my faith and took it hostage. It was a miserable day until about six o'clock that evening when I got before the Lord and was bluntly honest with Him. I remember praying, O oh Lord, you know my faith is weak. I cannot hide this fact from you, but your word says that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. If I'm to have faith, Lord, you must provide it. I'm your child. You are my father. You're my provider and my protector. I picked up my Bible and read a promise that had been so real to me just months earlier that led to our moving to Texas. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. All I can say is that the peace of God that passes understanding came upon me. And I was so assured that the Lord had quickened my faith. I knew, I knew the Lord would come through for us. About ten minutes later, my phone rang, and it was a young man who told me that he and his family had heard we'd moved to Texas. He wanted to get my mailing address so he could send me a package. And when that package arrived, it was some towels, some handmade gifts, and an envelope containing $7,100. I tell you that story only to encourage you to be real with God. That's what he desires, and it's essential to intimate fellowship. Genuine fellowship is based upon a relationship built upon trust and openness. Friends share their deepest concerns with one another. They don't withhold secrets, but they confide in each other, even their fears and anxieties. To be an intimate with God is to do the same, sharing heart and mind, hopes and fears, joys and sorrows with the Lord God. It's this kind of forthrightness that blesses Him and contributes to genuine fellowship. So, let me give some practical suggestions. When you pray, don't try to use language that's not real to you. Don't try to impress him with doctrinal accuracy, thinking that will motivate him to give you what you desire. This is not about getting things from God. It's about delighting in God for his own sake. It's about real fellowship. You must develop a childlike mentality with God. He did say that the kingdom of God was like a little child. In Mark chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus, nor am I, saying you need to act irresponsibly or be naive. To be childlike doesn't mean to be the opposite of mature or childish in the negative sense of the word. It means we are to emulate certain attributes of children that characterize the Christian life. What are those characteristics? Well, first, there is a lack of self-awareness and self-importance. The child is not consumed with themselves. No, they're more mesmerized with their environment and world. 
Secondly, there's a trustworthiness in others that makes them content to depend upon others to care for them. They just simply lack pretense and hypocrisy, often displaying what they truly think and feel. To put it simply, they're real. It's these characteristics that's involved with real interaction with our gracious God. Openness or being oneself, looking to God as a child, looks to their father is a distinctive you and I should cultivate if we want to have fellowship with God and to maintain that fellowship. This is what leads to the heart attitude of desperate dependency, which we've explained in previous episodes. This is how we begin to have fellowship with the living God, the creator of all things, just to be real and transparent before him. In our next episode, we'll build on this and discuss further on how to have fellowship with the Almighty. Well, thank you for joining us today here on the RTM Podcast. I'm grateful for the privilege you give me to be able to share with you what the Lord has been so kind to share with me. And if you have any questions about today's podcast, please send your questions by email to our email address. That address is web at realtruthmatters.com. Again, that's web at realtruthmatters.com. Take a few moments and browse our website, realtruthmatters.com, where you will find helpful resources such as sermons, articles. We even have a digital magazine and other helps to discover where the Bible and real life intersect. On behalf of all of us here at Real Truth Matters, thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you with His love in a real and tangible way. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Truth Matters podcast. I hope you can see that Christianity is profoundly experiential, but always based on the objective truth of Scripture. If you have questions or comments, please send them to our email address, web at realtruthmatters.com. That's web at realtruthmatters.com. Real Truth Matters podcast, dedicated to biblical spirituality, demonstrating where the Bible and real life intersect.